Hello, and welcome to the Thrive Yoga and Wellness Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I am so excited to share today's episode. We will be diving into a little bit more of the philosophy, maybe even a bit of history, and tiptoeing perhaps into some mythology surrounding a yoga practice here in the West. Now, we are not experts by any shape of the imagination. We are yoga enthusiasts sharing the information that we have learned along our journey, and we hope that you find it entertaining and maybe even a little educational. Thank you so much for tuning in, and don't forget to subscribe to this channel. Hi, everybody. Thank you for being with us today on Sacred Spaces. I'm Mary Maloof Plum with the Energy Center and Thrive Yoga and Wellness. And I'm Jennifer Dixon. And today we are diving deep into the yamas and the niyamas. Mm -hmm. And last week we got to kind of introduce you to these topics, these right. funny words. Principles. Which, principles, yeah. Funny words that we may butcher. We do not claim to be Sanskrit or yama right. and niyama experts by any shape of the imagination. We are using different resources. The main resource we're using is the Yamas and the Niyamas book by Deborah Adele, but we've been getting online. Um, we've used websites. We're using YouTube, Gaia, just any kind of information source that we can find to help us on this journey to understand the the concepts and then com, com, conversate yeah, about them. just talking about them and reflecting on them. Yep. So if you are into these sorts of things, you know, maybe a little bit of philosophy, a little bit of history, a little bit of mythology, make sure you subscribe to this channel, the Thrive Yoga and Wellness YouTube channel, soon to be podcast, hopefully, hopefully by February we'll get it going, but we'll see, knock on wood, gotta get my rear in gear. <laughs> so make sure you subscribe. And today we get to go into the first jewel, if you will, according to Deborah, of the Yamas. Yamas. What is that? Ahimsa. Ahimsa. Mm -hmm. What does ahimsa mean? It, in English, it translates to nonviolence. Nonviolence. Yes. And that's a kind of easy concept to understand on a superficial level. It's like not murdering somebody or not, you know, tripping somebody up on purpose. But there's some pretty deep implications here, which is the reason I believe that nonviolence is the foundational concept, if you will, of the yamas and the niyamas. Yes. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. Each one, and we'll come back to this in the following weeks, if you surrender into it, it goes back to nonviolence. If there's a question about or confusion about it, you always go back to nonviolence. So it is the very foundation of really the, the eight limbs. Yeah. The whole eight limbs. The whole, which we went into detail about last week. Yes. So the when it comes to nonviolence, this might sound I don't know if I, I don't think it sounds cheesy, but when I when I think of nonviolence, I always go back to Gandhi. Oh, I know Gandhi is the our greatest teacher for nonviolence. Non he he changed basically a subcontinent via nonviolence. Yes. And how deep is that? Like if you can change the way of life for thousands, millions of people through nonviolence, what can you change right here? Yes, he was a great teacher in our time. Mm, for sure. Yes. For sure. Anyways, that might have taken us down and, a And a there was a slope. quote that I pulled up by Gandhi 
on reflecting on this, but talk about nonviolence for a minute while sure. I look. So a thing that Deborah talked about in the books, and um, I thought it was kind of funny, is she she brought up the Karate Kid, and so I recently had my daughter watch the newer version of the Karate Kid because she was getting in trouble for being a little bit aggressive at school. She's four. And I was trying to convey, this is a rather complex concept to a four-year-old, the idea of, you know, trying to enforce one's will on other people. Well, because when you're four and even when you're 40, yeah, you react to people based on how you're feeling on the inside. Correct. And so it's hard. So we made her watch The Karate Kid and she did not like the bully, by the way, but that's a whole other story for another day. But it was funny because Deborah said, when you first meet Mr. Miyagi, you think of him as like nothing, you know, like this silly kind of old silly man that wastes his time catching flies. And playing with his bonds up. Yeah, his. yeah. And then he can suddenly bust out some butt kicking, hey, yes. That was really dorky. When the, bullies come. when the bullies come, he can protect himself. And so there's some, there's a beauty in that self-control, that self-discipline, which is a niyama, ooh, that, that Mr. Miyagi had, which is also a really great uh, demonstration of the power of, of it. Right, that so he's sitting there just laughing and playing and, you know, being silly in his beingness. He's, in, he's peaceful and centered. But then when he's attacked, he can react. But he doesn't have to react or kill the flies like a lot of us kill, you know, wasp and, you know, he's in perfect harmony with nature. But then when someone attacks on him, he rises up and, Let's but see. even that is nonviolent because he's protecting himself. Or his loved ones, yeah, or interesting. Ones. So, what did you find your quote before I go on? Oh, so Gandhi, this Gandhi quote, man and his deed are two distinct things, whereas, a good deed should call forth approbation, and a wicked deed, disapprobation. The doer of the deed, whether good or wicked, always deserves respect or pity, as the case may be. Hate the sin and not the sinner. A precept which, thought e though easily enough to understand, is rarely practiced, and that is why the poison of hatred spreads in the world. And yesterday was Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King birth uh, day was last week, right? <laughs> yeah. And and that he's another great guy on nonviolence for sure. And for these sure. concepts of and, and how they changed the world using nonviolent concepts. Yep. Right. Yep. So basically, in this concept, we try to when we think about bullies and people who say things that hurt our feelings, we try to separate the act of the meanness from the actor and understand that that's coming from deep poison from within. And I like the use of the word poison from within. I, the thing with nonviolence that I want to think about more for myself is it all spews forth that that is within goes yes. out and the conversation that is held within is the same conversations that you have yes. without and I struggle with that a lot because I tend to 
be on that kind of perfectionist mind frame or really hard on myself. And if I'm really hard on myself or if I'm constantly saying all these negative things, that junk's going to come right out mm -hmm. and it's going to come to those around me and those around me are going to feel it. And, and there's an act of nonviolence in changing that dialogue, yes. changing, changing the narrative, if you will. It all begins with them. Mm -hmm. And it, and, and, but it's also, a, it's hard, I think here in the West to practice not ahimsa nonviolence on a, on a deeper level as well, because nonviolence can also mean we, we pride ourselves on how busy we can be. You know, like right now, every day this week, we have something to do every night this week as a family. And, you know, my kids are just two and four. Holy moly, when they're 16 and there's sports, like that's violent to ourselves because it doesn't give us the time to rest. So Jewish people or God created six days and on the seventh day he rested. Like we were created to need the rest, that recharge. And how many of us give give us that give ourselves that liberty I know I'm guilty of it all the time all the time of just being like go 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 and the outpouring of that is my family suffers see I, I shut down when I don't if I don't stay like in a meditative reflective medicine space and too much of my time is demanded that leads me to that anger mm -hmm. and that ego. Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes I even feel selfish because I'm like, this is how much I'm going to do. Yep. And the rest is going to be my time to reflect and meditate and keep myself where I need to be to do the medicine that I'm here to do. Yep. No, it's... it's and, you know, I mean, I sometimes I do. I feel guilty. And that's another form of violence, these feelings of guilt and... Fear. Yeah. Fear is the root of it all. Yeah. I mean, I always say there's only two emotions. One's fear, one's love. And anything that's not aligned with love, you know, service, bliss, um, it's all of these principles we're talking about, nonviolence, is a fear. And anything that's first from fear is greed, anger, you know, this passive-aggressive thing we see so much interesting the too much busyness that you talked about yeah, it's it's all coming from fear yeah uh, and maybe for you even a sense of competition oh for sure a hundred percent and <laughs> you know I mean I, I'm just I've never been competitive mm. even oh, when I was very way. active and unless we play skip boat <laughs> oh man skip now, boat is on if you play skip boat <laughs> with me you're gonna see all these darker sides of me come out note to self I'm like that with Monopoly yeah <laughs> I've always loved you know outdoor activities and you know I used to do a lot of repelling when I was younger and camping but things that were non-competitive mm. yeah no I I preferred sports that were just me as compared to team sports or if it was a team sport like I could meddle in my own because I was that competitive. But if you bring these concepts to competition, then you know it's it's a whole different perception mm. because com competition is very important, and it's important to have. I, I think like you see this person is kind of oh this is kind of where I want to be instead of judging yourself against it, you're aspiring. That's that's a, so a much a nicer word. The aspiration. It's that's, a shift in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, paradigm shift. Interesting. So, 
the ahimsa you mentioned it last week in passing it's non-violence to yourself non-violence to others and it also can mean vegetarianism it can any every sentient being but when it comes to veget vegetarianism i have kind of a different perception than yogis because i'm more in alignment with like the native ways where if you're eating an animal a meat product you, you honor each part of the animal and they use the skin the bones every part of an animal was some form of medicine or tool for them so you know I'm not totally vegetarian although through the years I have found that I lean that way more and more as I grow in these concepts just naturally it's not something I have to try yeah it's just a lot of times I don't want that that chicken. Yep. I, I agree with you. I grew up in a home where it wasn't dinner unless there was meat, preferably red. And so chicken didn't count as meat in my house. And so I have noticed, and I'm not a vegetarian either. Um, I have noticed that my own proclivities as I have gone to the mat daily for years and years, I have, I've noticed my own diet proclivities changing. And that's not to say there's no place for meat in my diet. Like you said, I, I want to honor the, the, the beast that, that gave his life for me. But I can tell you that, and this is something my teacher Manju talks about, he'll never tell you to not eat meat. He'll just say, keep practicing and yes. you'll stop wanting it. And, and interestingly enough, it has become true. And then I wanna go back to this whole, that's a slippery slope, like our genetic makeups and the things that we can easily digest and not digest. And that's a whole nother thing. Oh, to talk yes. about. But, but you know, it's, it's interesting to me that nonviolence starts the whole yamas and the niyamas and it all comes back to nonviolence. That self-discipline comes back to nonviolence. The contentment comes back to nonviolence. It all comes back there. Yes, and I, I can definitely see how it would be circular at times too. Mm. Like a circle that you're going through these and you're coming back up to the nonviolence and having to kind of go through that whole process again on each level as you evolve and as you deepen your practice hmm. you go through all these as you evolve on higher levels yeah oh dude. but there was one video on youtube i was watching and i can't remember the guy's name it really didn't resonate with me at all he was talking about the Bhagavad Gita and how that kind of war you know and the and that story is really about arjuna's uh, journey with the divine through Krishna, right? That's really what it's all about. It's Krishna teaching Arjuna the divine ways. So this guy said that the wars were not a part of nonviolence because they were being attacked, kind of like on Karate Kid, but that if you eat a steak, that that is violence. Like there was no if answer buts about it he was very strict about it and i know other people that are too uh, but like we learned from jennifer edinger that even in ayurveda that not all of the practices take you know don't include meat it's about listening to your body and your body's needs and sometimes we do get iron through meat mm -hmm. and in the ancient native ways it was more 
you know, that, that the circle of life, that the animals are here to serve us for food too and warmth through their skin. And the animals are honored. Interesting. They pray for the animals. Yeah. They pray for the animals after they, they kill them. And then when they eat, they pray for the animal and all who had a part of making the meal. The hands, all the hands that touched it. Yeah, that's that's like saying grace. Yes. Um, yes. Thank you for the, the sacrifice and the hands that prepared it. Interest. Mm. I was just curious. Didn't mean to dive down and didn't mean to dive down so many rabbit holes to get people upset. So the, what was that? Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. So I apologize if we did get you upset, but I won't tell you what to we're, eat. We're not judging what anyone believes. We're just exploring our own journey with these things. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I have the greatest respect and admiration for our friends who are vegetarian and their, their discipline and nonviolent spirit and how they perceive that so it's just a path that's I guess been a longer journey for me. <laughs> but 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 nutrition and diet is a part of nutrition of nonviolence be it a lot of sugar or anything that harms your body that is a form of nonviolence and that that brings up a point that Deborah made in the book about the first step of nonviolence is courage having the courage yes. like you said the 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 activist the vegan activist and things they have this amazing courage to to go on to do that sort of nonviolence towards the animals, and that's admirable. That yes, part. absolutely. And how many of us suffer from the lack of courage for other things that could be violent towards ourselves or to others? And so she used the example of being petrified of jumping out of an airplane, and so um, she gets all of the same fears as if she was in an airplane looking out about to jump and she's sitting in a chair mm -hmm. and that's violent to herself because it's that fear like you talked about the root of it and having the courage to overcome it right thoughts words and actions mm -hmm. and thoughts are a big one because what we put out into the universe if it comes from fear or greed then what's going to show up in our lives is going to also be of that same vibration Ooh. Ooh. so so put out more nonviolence. Put out more love, people. All you need is love. Oh, I did want to mention that ahimsa comes from the root hum, which means not hurtful, not hurting others or any sentient being. And then when you add the A, I didn't do a very good note on that. Ahimsa, so if you, the I-M-S-A is the part that means non-hurtful, and then the A-I, okay, so the, I'm sorry, I didn't make a very good note of this. It made sense at the time when you break down the words. The first part of the word, second part of the word means hurtful, and the first part means non. Yeah, normally when you put A at the beginning of something, it's the opposite. Uh, yes. That's one of those rules. That's where I was trying to go. Gotcha. <laughs> so, the, the, Sorry. No, it's okay. The, um, the, the thing that I think we should kind of end on is the fact that it goes back to balance. It goes back to creating the balance between the, the give and take, if you will. Ahimsa is nonviolence, but on the, on the flip side, it's nonviolence towards yourselves and nonviolence towards others. Yes. 
So go this week and practice nonviolence and make sure that you subscribe to this channel. And next week we'll be talking about what? About, what's the second one? Satya. Satya. Truthfulness. Truthfulness. So as we go throughout the week, make sure that you stop for a minute and, and honor the nonviolence, the love, the self-love, to the love to yourself, the love to others. And then think about what truthfulness means to you. Mm -hmm. And we look forward to exploring that with you next week. Thank you for being with us today. Thanks again. See you soon. Namaste.